You are listening to Victory Elabang Podcast. Jesus exemplified humility all throughout his life and ministry. Find out why humility is one of the marks of a true leader in this message by Pastor Bernard Vivici. I'm going to ask you a question. I really want you to respond. How many of you are leaders here tonight? You are a leader. Raise your hand. Wow. Why so few? Have you been listening the last two weeks? You see, because leadership is influence. Every single one of us, we've got influence. Over our children, over our husbands, over our wives, over the Lola, our employees. If you're a teacher, over children. If you've got animals, over your animals. Let me ask you again. How many of you are leaders here tonight? Well, some of you are stubborn. You still don't want to raise your hand. Because we are all leaders. If you are breathing here tonight, and you are living, you're a leader. So I want you to say after me, I am a leader. Now some of you are not doing it. Pastor Ariel, what's wrong? Lord, I pray a release over people's tongues. Let them speak in Jesus' name. You see, friends, we are all leaders. If you're a young person, if you're an older person, you are a leader. You need to realize you do have influence. And I want to speak about a a topic that, um, if this work is called unlikely posture, I want to speak about humility and what it is to be humble. And you know, uh, in Time magazine, there was uh, this quote in 2012 by Joel Stein, the world's most hundred influential people in 2012. And one of the people was Jesus. And you see, you have to realize Jesus, he was an incredible leader. That over 2,000 years after he'd gone to, he's gone to be with God, be with his Father, he's got over three billion followers around the world. Come on. What an amazing leader. What an amazing leader. And I think even though he's not even around, but he's alive, he's left us the word of God to live our lives by, he's still got influence today. And I pray that some of the qualities that Jesus displayed in his leadership, you and I are going to embrace because it worked for him. Over three billion followers today. And so the question is, what does humility mean? I'm so glad you asked me that. Because I want to explain it to you. What does humility mean? Now I'm not a Greek scholar, but in Greek the word is tapinu. I mean it sounds Greek, but I battle to understand it. I mean not to understand it, to pronounce it. But this is what it means. It means to make low or to bring low. To have a modest opinion of oneself. And I'm sure you've all been involved with being on a seesaw in your youth. Not as adults. In your youth. And what happens on a seesaw? You see, as the one person goes down, you lift the other person up. You see, as you, uh, as you lower yourself, you exalt the other person. 
And so if we just use this wonderful kids' church leader as an example, you see, if I'm truly humble, and in the picture is that as I lower myself, look, I'm taller than him. Is that right? But I'm more guapo. <laughs> but you see, that's prideful. I need to be humble. He is guapo. You see, as I might be taller than him, but as I lower myself, I lift him up. You see, that's humility. Thank you. But you are guapo. <laughs> you see, in the world we live in today, we have clashes of cultures. And I'm not talking about the Filipino culture, the Chinese or the Japanese culture. It's the culture that we see on earth, the clashes between the culture of earth, our sinful nature, and what we are what we are normally like without Christ. Normally our life revolves around read it. Me. It's all about me. Do you know that song? It's all about me. And that we go around our whole life and our whole world revolves around me. Me, myself, and I. The Trinity. Gale. Sobra. And our whole world revolves around us. And it's about position. We want to get to the top. And we will trample on everybody else to get to the top. We want to have power. Because somehow if we have power, we can then just tell people what to do. Then life's about privileges. And we use people in order to get what we want. That's the culture on earth. What about the culture of heaven? Do you know we pray, the Lord Jesus taught us to pray, Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Let's bring the heaven culture down to earth. What does that look like? It's all about, it's all about Jesus. It's all about loving people. It's about serving people. It's about lifting people up. It's about making others you see, the main difference between the two is the culture of earth is about me, 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 me. You see, if we look at the culture of heaven, it's all about Jesus. Let me just say to you, there is nothing wrong with position. There's nothing wrong with power. There's nothing wrong with having privileges. We need politicians in power that are godly. We need people of influence that can make a difference in your communities, in your cities, and in your nation. You see, there's a good side to, to position and power and privileges. You know, I've got position. I'm a senior pastor of a church in New Zealand. In our city called Christ Church, which is called the Promised Land. When you read Exodus and it says Promised Land, that's Christ Church. Actually, it's not true. Because you say Manila's promised land. Yeah, but yours is a hot promised land. Christ church is a cold promised land. <laughs> Nothing wrong with position. I've got power. You see, I've got power right now. But guess what? It's not about me. God has anointed me through the power of His Spirit to minister to you. I have privileges. 
There's nothing wrong with privileges. You see, you at your work, because you're a middle manager, you might eat in a canteen that's got carpets and aircon, where the, everybody else is fans, and it's so hot. Those are great privileges. But you see, even this, even tonight, I've got privileges. Do you know that? I have free water <laughs> from the container in the, the second seat. You don't. How many of you want water? But you see, it's a privilege. But guess what? It's not about me. It's all about Jesus. I have privileges. I've been sharing in a number of services today. One of my, the, the privileges I have because I travel quite a bit is Air New Zealand have given me gold status because I travel. And that comes with perks. I don't have to join the line of 300 people to check in. I go straight to business class and I check in. And the lady even smiles at me. But I still have to sit in economy. That's humble. You see, when I arrive in Manila, my bags are first. Why? It's a privilege. But guess what? I thank God every time, every blessing that comes my way. Because it's all about Jesus. It's not about Bernard. It's about Jesus. You see, the culture of earth, if you focus on yourself all the time, it's called pride. But if we focus on Jesus and everything we do comes from God, it's about humility. Found a story on the internet that's entitled The Queen of Me. And I hope she's not in the service tonight. Because the story is about you then. So please tell me if she's here. It's billionaire lady Leona Hemsley. And the story goes as follows, that, that she was having a, a dinner with, uh, with someone, and the waiter came and brought her a cup of tea. It was only a cup of tea. But there was a drop in the saucer of the cup of tea. She took the cup and the saucer, and she threw it on the ground, and it smashed. She turned to the waiter, and she said, I want you to bow down on your knees and beg for your job. What category would you put that into? It's all about me. Pride. Pride. You see, you might be sitting here, you might be very similar to that lady in the way you live your life with the people around you. Be careful that pride will drop you in your life. Definitely not humility. James chapter 4 verse 6. I love these scriptures. Love them. It says, God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. The word grace means unmerited favor. How many of you want unmerited favor with God? That's half of you. I want it. But it's going to cost me something. Because God wants me to be humble every moment of every day. 1 Peter 5 verse 6 says, Therefore humble yourself 
under the mighty hand of God and He may exalt you in due time. The word exalt means to lift you up. Isn't that amazing? Get the picture. As you humble yourself before God, He will lift you up. It's such a beautiful picture of the Jesus that we serve. But the key is, are you going to humble yourself every moment of every day? Kuamo? You understand? Praise God. This is a good group. Pastor Ariel, I like this church. There's some nice people here. Grabe. Joe, the traffic. Traffic, grabe. Anubayan. Wow. I haven't seen so many cars since the last time I was in Manila. Alright, let's look at some humility quotes that I found on the internet. C.S. Lewis said the following. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Wow. Powerful. Harold Lee said, stay true in the dark and humble in the spotlight. Thomas said the following. Pride makes us artificial and humility makes us real. George W. Bush said the following, Use power to help people. For we are given power not to advance our own purposes, nor to make a great, a great show in the earth, nor name. But uh, there is but one just use of power, and it is to serve people. You know the thing about humility, it's, it is unpopular. It is unpopular. And you might be thinking, well, why is humility unpopular? Let's see how many of these points, it, it rings true in your life. Why is it unpopular? Because humility focuses on other people and not ourselves. Because in life, it's, what about me? What about me? Well, we go through life and we ask the question, what is in it for me? The church is looking for ushers. We need ushers for you to come and serve. And you know what your, your, your question to yourself is? What's in it for me? Isn't that right? Yes, I know. Because I know you. And Jesus knows you too. Children's church or kids' church workers and leaders and wherever there's, there's a community project and, and people have asked for involvement and, and somebody says to you, oh, you know, somebody's sick in hospital, oh, why don't you go and visit them and pray for them? You ask the question, what's in it for? You see, that's right. You see, when you take the focus of yourself, that's humility. Sometimes people think that it's about surrender. I'm surrendering something. Or I won't have significance anymore. And I serve in this way. What about my position and my title? What about me? We won't feel good. Or sometimes people see it as a sign of weakness. Humility. Jesus modeled a powerful leadership. That's what we're going to look at as we go to God's Word. Powerful leadership. 
Let's have a look. John 13 verse 1. If you're taking notes, write down John 13 verse 1. Are you also with me? Nobody sleeping at the back? Hallelujah. I'm glad you're not. I see some people smiling. Alright. John 30 verse 1. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour had come, He should depart from the world to the Father. Having loved His own who were in the world, He loved them to the end. Jesus knew something was going to happen. He knew that that he was going to be crucified. He wasn't taken by surprise. And you see that word love means enduring love, a lasting love, a permanent love, a durable love. Jesus loved the people that were around him. He loved people. You see, even he knew Jesus, Judas was going to betray him. Guess what? Jesus loved him. He also knew that Peter was going to deny him how many times? Three times. Guess what? Jesus loved him. Friends, what about you and I today? Do we truly love people? We've had people here. How many of you have had people betray you? Come on, let's be real. I've had people who betrayed me. Come on, let's be honest now. Yes, yes, Lord, help these people raise their hands. Yeah, do you know what? I didn't want to love the people that betrayed me. I wanted to apply the fivefold ministry <laughs> to his face and then pray for healing afterwards. <laughs> you see, that's the culture of earth. The culture of heaven is love. Everybody. How many of you are being denied? People have spoken behind your back. I think most of us, guess what? Love them. Pastor, I can't. Humble yourself and love them. This is what Jesus did. He didn't say to Judas, get out of my life. I don't want to see you. I'm the, I, you're going to go to hell. He didn't say that. Verse 2. After supper had ended, the devil had already put in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Verse 3, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God. Let's pause for a moment there. Here we see Jesus knew his purpose. He came from God, he had an earthly ministry, and he was going to God. He knew exactly what his purpose was on earth. We also see Jesus knowing that the Father had given him all things. Jesus knew his identity. He was secure in his very identity of who he was as a man. And the question is, I want to ask you, do you know your purpose here tonight? Guess what? You're the same as Jesus. You've come into the earth. You are living here for a period of time. And guess one day you're going to leave. Now I know some of you say, Jesus, please don't come back. I want to get married first. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. I had that prayer. When I was 19, 20, I said, Lord, don't come now. I first want to get married. 
I want to go on honeymoon. I know some of you exactly the same. Do you know your purpose? God didn't create you as a mistake. God did not create you just to breathe the alabang oxygen, which there's very little of. He created you with a purpose in mind. Do you know your purpose, friends? Don't just exist. Don't just go through life. Well, I get up in the morning, eat rice, go to work, lunch, have rice, enjoy the afternoon, and then have dinner, have rice, and then go to sleep. You're going to look like rice. <laughs> Discover your purpose. It's so exciting when you know your purpose because you can make your life count. What about identity? Do you know your identity? Most leaders are insecure leaders. Did you know that? And that's why they, they, there's control and they want to hold on to everything because they're insecure. I praise God that Pastor Ariel is a secure leader. Did you know that? How do I know that? He's invited me to preach. If he was insecure, he wouldn't allow anybody on this pulpit. He would say, oh, no, Pastor Bird's got socks, nice socks. I can't compete with that. <laughs> Do you know now, I must, get, I must get more socks. Or he might be thinking, I mean, he's so funny. And, and he can say, grabe, better than me. And so maybe the church are going to like him more than me. And they want... in the gifts, the talents, and the abilities God's given to you. He's given everybody. My gift is God's given me an ability to speak. What's your gift? Are you secure in your gift? As a businessman, as a politician, as a, as a housewife, as a husband, be secure in what God has given to you. You see, once you know your purpose, and you have to be secure in your identity, you can then do something. There's action. We can see that in the life of Jesus. He knew his purpose, he knew what he was called to do, and here we see the action in verse 4. Jesus rose from supper, laid aside his garments, and took a towel and girded himself. And here we see a wonderful picture. Jesus got up, he took off his garment. You see, the, that tells me something. For you and I today, in this whole concept or uh, a leadership quality of humility, I believe that we all have to take off and remove something, and we have to remove ourselves. Because we have to embrace the heaven's culture of Jesus and not allow ourselves to get in the way. We have to remove self in order to focus on others. We also see that Jesus took a towel and he girded himself. And we can see he prepared himself. And you know what? We have to prepare himself. And what Jesus was about to do, stay with me. What Jesus was about to do was to do something that was counter-culture at this moment. You see, friends, you have to understand when in those particular days, it wasn't the um, uh, Jewish slaves that would uh, um, um, wash people's feet. It was the Gentile slaves that did that. 
And so the body was clean, but your feet were dirty. And when you would come, they would the, the slave, when you got to the door, would wash your feet. Or if it was your family, the wife would wash the husband's feet. Galeg, amen. Or your children. So what Jesus was doing was a complete role reversal. It was bringing the culture of heaven down on earth, doing something very different. What did he do? Verse 5. After that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel with which he was girded. Friends, you know what Jesus did? He went down. If I had to come and wash your feet now, please relax, I'm not going to do it. But if I had to come wash your feet, guess what? I would go down with the bowl, with water and a towel to wash your feet. Jesus did not stand up and say, oh, Peter, put your feet on the table. Let me wash it. You lift them up and I will wash it. No, no. You see, humility is going down and exalting somebody else. Beautiful picture of humility. I don't know how many of you saw this in the newspapers. But Pope Francis, he went to a prison and he washed 12 inmates, their feet, ages between 14 and 21. Instead of washing the feet of Catholic priests, he did something totally counterculture. Washing prisoners' feet. He even washed the feet of a Muslim woman. Now, I don't know if this is biblical, but here we see him kissing the feet. Just look at this lady's reaction. <laughs> I mean, she was like, oh my God. Now, I don't know if she was because of the smell, but he had just washed the feet. Isn't that amazing in life today when we do something counterculture? We are all like this. Is this really happening? You see, there were newspaper articles with Pope Francis washes Muslim women's feet. Did he violate the church, uh, the Catholic Church canon? Articles appeared in the newspaper. According to the Associated Press, Pope Francis' unorthodox move angered many traditionalists in the Catholic Church who called the decision an un- uh, sorry, a questionable example. This was his reply. Pope Francis, help one another. This is what Jesus teaches us, he said. This is what I must do. And I do it with all my heart. I do it with a heart because it's my duty. As a priest and a bishop, I must be at your service. Friends, can I pause here for a second? I don't want you to leave here tonight. Go into the mall. And go buy a bowl, a towel, and some water. And start washing the people's feet there. Please do not do that. This is not what this message is about. About washing people's feet. You see, the principle is humility. Bowing down. Lifting somebody else up. You see, in verse 6 it says, Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? You know what? Jesus at that moment could have switched roles. He could have said, oh my goodness, I've made a mistake. I'm the Lord, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. You come wash my feet. 
And he said, no, 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 no. I'm here to wash you. Verse 7, Jesus answered and said to him, what I am doing, you do not not understand, but you will know after this. You see, sometimes being humble and and serving humility, we cannot understand it all the time. Powerful leadership quality that I believe God wants us to embrace. How does that translate to our lives today? What are some modern examples of this? And this particular week, you'll know all about the Boston bombings at the marathon. And this particular story really, for me, just epitomized what it was like just to be humble. This particular immigrant uh, from Costa Rica, he described as, as most people ran for their lives, he vaulted a fence to get to the spectators. Many of them had lost limbs and he used his clothes and towels to, to, to stop the victims bleeding. You see, friends, when, when that thing happened, everybody was concerned about themselves and their own safety. And they started to run away. But here was a man, I'm sure there were many others, who saw people in need and just said, I'm going to put my life at risk to serve and to help and to save people's lives. What would you do if you were there? I wonder what we would do. You see, if our, if our life revolves around me, 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 we would run a mile. But you see, if we are humble and say, you know what, I'm prepared to put my life at rest, to save a brother, to save a sister. CNN, or CNN yesterday reported as well, that there was one person who was on fire, and somebody ran, and didn't have clothing, he used his bare hands to put out the fire. I don't know how many of you have touched fire with your bare hands. You need to do something. It's painful. But he did that. To help somebody else. You see, friends, humility is for every part of our lives. You see, it's not just for a moment of crisis. You're in the Philippines, and you know there are often floods in your country. Guess what? Everybody's humble, everybody helps, everybody serves. But why do we wait for a crisis or a tragedy? To be humble. God's called us to be humble every moment of every day. Practice it in your home. When you see your wife coming home with 10 packets of groceries, and I mean, she's walking like this. I mean, I mean, she's only 23, but she's like walking like she's 98 because she's struggling. And you watching out of the corner of your eye, you say, oh, I didn't see that. Why don't you take your eyes off yourself and say, you know what, I want to help somebody and lift her up and help. What about traveling on the trains or in the jeepneys or whatever form of transport and you get there early and you get your seat and you say, praise God, I've got a seat on the train, hallelujah, and the train fills up and the dear old lady comes and she can hardly stand and you think to yourself, I got you first. My seat, in Jesus' name. <laughs> oh, please be humble. And say, you know what? Yes, a dear old lady, don't you want to sit down? I will stand. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Jesus. That's what it's like to be humble. Let's look for opportunities to be humble. You see, you don't have to advertise it. 
You don't have to go to your friends and say, you know what, I'm humble. No, no, no. It's your actions. Just do it the way Jesus did. And the question is, how will I know if I'm being humble? Once again, I'm so glad you asked me that question. Because I want to answer it. How do I know if I'm humble? Number one, in everything that you're called to do, your purpose, give God the honor and the glory. You see, friends, God has given you your abilities. If you secure a deal and you get this contract, you get this job, you can't, don't say, well, it's all about me. I've got it. No, no. Thank you, Jesus. I often get told, Pastor, you've got three great, amazing kids. And I do have. I've got amazing three children. But guess what? Thank you, Jesus. You've given me the ability. You've given me the skills to raise three amazing kids. Not me, but because of Jesus. In everything, give God the praise. Young people, if God blesses you with a great man in your life that you've been praying for for 300 years, thank God for this young man. Guys, if God's blessed you with a lady in your life, thank God. Don't think, well, it's because I'm wapo and I've got abs and I'm looking good. No, no, no. Thank God for your blessing. Thank God for your blessing. Secondly, have a love for people. Unduring, enduring love. Unconditional love for all people. Not just people that are your social standing. Everybody. Young and old. Rich and poor. People who have got status who don't have status. God's called you to love everybody. The Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and Mind and love your neighbor as yourself. It doesn't say only love rich people. It doesn't say only love poor people. It says love everybody. As a leader, what are you modeling? And I close with this. What are you modeling as a leader? Are you modeling humility? That people will follow you? I want to follow this guy. Because he's so humble. I want to follow this lady because she's so humble. You see, friends, at the, at the end of the day, it's all about Jesus. It's a beautiful picture that I see in this passage of Scripture. And I'm going to close with this. Is that, you know, our lives are like the disciples' feet that were dirty. You know, when we got sin in our lives, we do become dirty. Sin is dirty. Sin doesn't make us clean. But you know, when you come and give your life to Jesus and you say, Jesus, I want you to wash my feet here tonight. I want the water that, that you pour over my feet. It's like the blood of Jesus coming over your life and wanting to wash you whiter than snow. He takes a towel and he wants to dry your life tonight and say, you know what? You are clean here tonight. You're a brand new creation tonight. Friends, we all mess up. We all make mistakes. But I believe Jesus wants to offer you something very special tonight. Will you allow Him to wash your feet? We hope you were inspired by that message. To learn more about leadership, we encourage you to join a victory group today. 
visit and inquire the concierge, or simply request for one at www.victoryalabang.org, or on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash victoryalabang. Thank you, and stay connected.